another episode of Catch Up, the podcast about contemporary hip-hop that examines where hip-hop has been, where it's going, and where it is. I'm Jordan Suami. And I'm James Rathbone. And this week, we have a very exciting episode because we're talking about a very exciting rapper. Uh, we're talking about a 24-year-old rapper from Houston named Megan The Stallion. And she is probably top three most exciting new stars of 2019, mm-hmm. I would say. Maybe top two, maybe mm-hmm. not two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not two. Yeah. Um, so she has a new album out called Fever. And we're also going to talk about how she fits into this kind of new way forward for Houston rap in a kind of like progression of the way that Houston rap has, has uh, generally been presented. Mm-hmm. Before we get into that, we have some like housekeeping notes that we want to get into. First of all, big shout out to all our patrons, people who've contributed on Patreon. We gave a lot of shout outs in the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. I don't think we have any more to do. Maybe one more just for uh, David W., our newest patron. Thank you, David. We appreciate you. Um, and also for any, I, I talked to somebody when we were DJing at apartment 200, who was like, I really want to contribute to the Patreon, but I don't want my name mentioned. And of course that's fine. That's not, that's not a requirement. Yeah. It's not like we, if you don't need the, if you don't want any of the, uh, the rewards or if any of that kind of stuff just seems like too much, just, you know, let us know and, and we'll, we'll work it out. I think that there's a, a way to donate anonymously anyway. So if- that's right. So the person who I won't name, um, Thank you for listening and your support and feel free to contribute. Yeah. Uh, Also, if you're in Toronto or can get to Toronto, we have our flagship party coming up, Boosie Fade. It's at the shop on Friday, June 7th. This is Boosie Fade 36. And it's going to be like an official kickoff to the summer. You know, the weather's nice. I'm wearing shorts today, which is a big deal for me. You know what? You should wear shorts and feel proud about the legs that God's given you, Jordan. <laughs> this isn't God, man. I've been in the gym. <laughs> <laughs> Equinox is giving you. <laughs> I'm a bad bitch up in Equinox, yeah. man. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> um, is there anything else? Oh, uh, also, if you if you uh, want to do some Googles, uh, some people at the CBC listened to our recent episode about the Yeehaw Agenda and Little Nas X, and they asked me to talk about him a bit, so I did for a story that they did. It's on uh, CBC News, so if you search CBC News, Yeehaw Agenda, or Little Nas X, you'll see the story and some of my quotes, and just shout out to the folks at the CBC who listen to Catch Up. We appreciate you guys tuning in, and thanks for the shout. All right, let's get into the episode. So, Jordan, when was the first time you heard of Megan V. Stallion? I think it was probably in late 2017. Um, and it may have just been something that was, like, retweeted on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And it was, I think, it was it was something that I actually saw a snippet of it on Twitter. And then I went to YouTube to find the actual, the actual video. And it's something that she put out called the Stally Freestyle. Mm. And it's just, like, a really plain video of her kind of standing in a Houston suburb, just kind of like rapping to just like classic freestyle rap to the, to the camera. And it was like, it just had a, an energy and vitality and like a freshness to it that even at the time, you know, like 2017, like there's obviously like a lot of like women in rap who are popping off, but her energy felt a little different. It felt, it felt, I don't even know how to, I don't even know if it's like, more it just felt so well 
so sharp and put together in a way that was like on point that even for a lot of like a lot of other rappers, male rappers included, that it just felt like a presentation that was put together in a package that I had not really seen before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I felt like there's, as much as there's been a lot of um, female rappers appearing over the last few years, for a while, there was a feeling that there were a lot of who were appearing, but you wouldn't necessarily like kind of hear from again. Yes, yes. You know, it's, yes. A, it's, a we- it's sort of a weird phenomena. I, th- I mean, I wonder all the different factors that go into it. Obviously, I'm sure there's some uh, sort of industry inertia that, you know, they're just not putting the same kind of resources behind a lot of these artists. But it's it still has been kind of a common thing. You've, you see this, like, really cool video by this female artist, and then it's, like, kind of radio silence for a long time, uh-huh. if not indefinitely. I think there's this rapper from, um, I think she's from Dallas, that she put out a song in like 2014 that I was obsessed with. It was called Flexus. Mm. Her name is DT Blanco. Oh yeah. And I was so into it and I was like, oh my God. Like, cause she had like kind of like an, almost like an ASAP-esque style in terms of like, you know, streetwear, mm. fashion, gold teeth, like dark gla- like glasses look. And like, and, and I was like, oh, this is like something completely fresh and new. Yeah. And I could see this like taking off. Yeah. And then never heard from her again. And I would check in for like, honestly, like a few years, I would just be like trying to find her Instagram and saying like, what's going on with her? Mm-hmm. And like, we just never heard from her again. Yeah. Similar thing with um, like China from uh, Philadelphia. Uh-huh. Like, again, kind of ASAP. I think 2013, 2014 had like a really well-directed video. It sort of had like sharp, it was very like promising. <clears throat> Even if you think about someone like Deja Loaf, who sort of started a new style, Ugh. had full on releases of like their very consistent and high quality and yet like net the in- industry didn't capitalize on her label situation got her all messed up i was talking to somebody about this the other night it like makes me sick honestly like yeah. especially with days because i was so excited about her mm-hmm. um and she has she has a track record of like consistent excellence it's mm-hmm. not like she has three good songs she yeah. has like 15 great yeah. songs you know um outside of try me she had that song back up with big sean that was mm-hmm. really big yeah um, she had blood with young thug, mm-hmm. me, you, and Hennessy. Like she has like fucking a great track, and then she put out a song last like last year with Leon Bridges, mm-hmm. Liberated, and it was like had this big like pride movement behind it, and it really the song was all right. Yeah, it really felt like okay, this is the label really trying to capitalize on like a, a segment market. Yeah, it felt I was I looked at it very cynically, honestly, but yeah, they, yeah. I mean they were doing like they did some good stuff with the proceeds where they were paying for people like same-sex couples to get married and stuff like that Mm -hmm. but it just like felt like it felt like they weren't taking advantage of what was really unique about her and Mm -hmm. we're just trying to like kind of catch on to uh something that maybe they thought had some like social because in the culture social justice issues are are so popular right now that they're it felt i've looked at it so cynically yeah yeah because it also felt like it just erased what was like the uniqueness about her and it's almost like a campaign they could have put to any artist yeah yeah anyway but she her career it's over for her (laughs) it's over for days it's sad to say like five years it's been five years since try me came out yeah exactly like so even when i first saw this song with from megan this freestyle from megan i was i was excited Mm -hmm. but i did also have that feeling of like this might be one of those things that like i'm really excited about and it's not going to go anywhere Mm -hmm. so i can just enjoy it for what it is and then just like you know move on like not to put too too much of my mind to it Mm mm-hmm but then she kind of kept popping up with new freestyles, you know? Yeah. And I found that, like, a few of my friends, like, I have this friend 
who is a, a copywriter in an ad agency in Portland. She's like super smart, super cool, and has her finger on the pulse. And she was a big Megan fan, like right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if she's listening, but if she is, shout out Jordan uh, out in Portland. Uh, we appreciate you. Um, but yeah, she was a huge Megan fan. So I started seeing people who whose tastes I trust who were like, okay, Megan the Stallion, Megan the Stallion. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, maybe she's going to stick around. Um, and then like over the course of the last, actually, should we just listen to a bit of the Stally Freestyle? Yeah. Let's listen so. to a bit of the Stally Freestyle. Boy, you know your bitch is not fucking with Megan. Hell nigga not even fucking you naked. He put the tip in and then you start complaining. If I get on it, I own it and take it. If it ain't good, then I ain't finna fake it. You fuck like a rabbit, grow up and stop playing. I need a nigga with stroke. Hey, I wanna bust it on your face. He wanna see my shit square like he squeezed it. He finna die about this pussy, he need it. He wanna keep it like lock it and kid. I tell him to bring me my money, then beat it. Get a nigga back to the streets. Hey, ask your man, not me. Hey, only see him when it's time to eat. Hey, you ain't seen a nigga by three days. Ask your friend by me, I'm the bomb, bay. Rap bitch all on the runway. Pink lemonade with the bomb, bay. Make the booty up, oh, like Beyonce. How can make the dick dance, rock it like a blast, and you want another chance? But yeah, but even at, the, even at the time that, like, Stally Freestyle came out, I think that Megan kind of followed this this uh, this route to stardom that I think a lot is very steeped in the Houston tradition. Like, in Houston in general, like, just back to the DJ Screw days, the idea of like freestyle rapping. And by that, I mean like verses over not original production. Like Mm -hmm. you'll just take a hot song at the time and then just do verses over them. Mm -hmm. That was a huge part of like Houston rap culture. And I mean, even in the two thousands and up until like the, this decade, a part of rap culture in general. Mm -hmm. And now it still is, but it's a much smaller part but this was like a huge part of like Megan's rise. It's like it was these like little viral clips. Like she also did a really, a really great uh, freestyle to the XXX Tentacion song "Look at Me," mm-hmm. and I remember that was like another moment where I was like, okay, like this is like starting to see like the the development of something here. Yeah, it's sort of fitting because uh, if you actually look back at the history of Houston rap, like being what is sort of like a classically strong rapper and sort of the New York sensibility is kind of how it, how it was in Houston uh, since kind of the, since the beginning, really. I mean, if a lot of times when people speak about the sort of Southern rap, a lot of it is a sort of more dancey, less lyrical kind of rapping, you know, going mm-hmm. back to New Orleans, uh, like the bounce and fuse kind of stuff of like cash money. And mm-hmm. uh, when they, you know, someone like juvenile master p they're uh, probably compared to most rappers now all the time like great lyrical rappers but compared juvenile to- yes master p questionable yes true true <laughs> true true yeah uh yeah less less although some of some of his like songs are, are more conceptually rich than that's absolutely a, true. a lot of stuff absolutely true uh and even you know then getting into sort of the, the rise of atlanta rap with people like old john or uh-huh. uh even like travis porter like strip club strip club rap in yeah. the late 2000s early 2010s yeah d4l and yeah. snap music like you know there's a, a kind of a conception that southern rap isn't lyrical per mm-hmm. se or mm-hmm. or the, the acts of like outcasts are sort of few and far between but in houston even before sort of the freestyle era i mean you have um acts like ghetto boys mm-hmm. and scarface which were actually kind of ahead of their time in a lot of like lyrical ways in like the late 80s early 90s true uh devin the dude um of course they're from port arthur but ugk uh-huh, some uh-huh. of the best rappers of all both pimpsey and bun b some of the best rappers of all time you know on, on the technical 
sort of storytelling bars level. Mm-hmm. And so then, like, kind of in the in the the late mid to late nineties, when the the sort of screw tape, uh, it's really like Houston rap. Kind of what is the golden era of Houston rap begins mm-hmm. in some regard, and and just for like some context to really explain like what a kind of screw tape was, is it would basically be screwed and chopped versions of a lot of like really popular beats at the time, mm-hmm. and then you'd have these songs where like two, three, four, five, sometimes as many six or seven people would just do verses over these like slowed down tracks, like looped over and over again, mm-hmm. and. So it really was, and some of this was like, a lot of it was like off, especially particularly in Houston, it was like really big off the top freestyle, like Mm -hmm. off the top of your head. And you could like really sense it that they were genuinely like real freestyles, which I mean, first of all, just, just in general, you don't really see a lot of real raw freestyles in hip hop. You generally don't get that much credit for it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly. You have a lot more to lose by doing a real freestyle and like fucking up than you do by doing a real freestyle and doing well. It's And it's sort of almost like a different skill in some respects. I mean, to be able to sort of, you know, people ask you to rap on beat and then you have, you know, X number of verses sort of in your back pocket versus like, I mean, it's kind of funny to think about, especially if you're maybe a newer rap listener and you probably have sort of a, con- a, a conception of, freestyling just from like kids on the playground or something yeah. like that just kind of coming up with raps on the spot but uh it used to be such like kind of a hot debated topic whether even if you could even count freestyles where the verse was pre-written as freestyles yeah i think it's a dumb topic it's definitely a dumb it's topic. dumb um i think just like i don't know I, I just had a second where I, I was thinking of this joke that my friend chris robinson tells he's a comedian and he was like i know i'm, a, I'm at a party in southern ontario a, like a party full of white people when some random white guy asked me to freestyle battle him, <laughs> which is a thing that uh, many black people sure. in, in the, I can only speak to this province because it's only happened to me here. Yeah. But that has happened to me on numerous. I'm like, you don't even, I don't fucking rap. Like, <laughs> why are you, why would you? Yeah. But I think they're like, I know how to do this. Yeah. A white guy with, with some freestyle bars, like, hold on, let me find the first black person. To challenge yeah. <laughs> right yeah. Um, Sorry, that was a complete digression, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I think that it, it it really, you know, you don't really the place the only place that they kind of really exists anymore mm. is for the most part on ra- these radio stations. Mm-hmm. And it's mo- and now it's like the radio is like half of it, but it's more for YouTube than anything. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's like I would agree with that. It's the streaming video, and like this was a big part. Another thing that Megan did really well is that she kind of took advantage of those offers. And I think that what you ha- what tends to happen now is like a lot of people don't take those moments that seriously no, anymore. No. I think it's it's come back into vogue in the last few years because of people like like Funk Flex is a freestyle series that's become pretty popular mm-hmm. on YouTube. And there's been like different inflection points where it kind of crosses over into more of the hip hop mainstream. There's like really like great Meek Mill freestyle from a few mm-hmm. years ago. There's obviously the Black Thought one, which is like Not a... true. That is like... Yeah. If we're talking about this form, yeah. just like Google Black Thought Funkmaster Flex freestyle yeah. and just watch this thing because it's like... Yeah. It is... The, even the idea of somebody writing this mm-hmm. and then memorizing it it's not is, even, yeah. is staggering. Yeah. I, I mean, I think like the best freestylers usually are people who can link 
their on the spot like improvisations with other bars like mixing kind of both up or they'll yeah. have like a couple bars that are part of something they've been kind of cooking in their brain and then they'll link it with sort of more improvisational things and like black thought i think is the best freestyler of all time mm. you know like the part of the whole roots is um kind of mystique in a way is like you know they're they're obviously put out a lot of like sort of classic albums but they're known as being like the best live act in hip-hop mm-hmm. by a lot of people and a large part of that is their ability to improvise with each other and black thoughts freestyle is part of that his hmm. freestyle technique hmm. you know i mean i think that that you're right about the mixing the mixing uh kind of pre-written stuff with like stuff that's happening in the moment mm-hmm there's a great race runner, like 20 minute freestyle on Tim Westwood from a few years ago mm-hmm. where they're doing that the entire time. And it's like so exciting. Juice world was also doing this pretty recently where mm-hmm. he like, he can like do off the top freestyle for like an hour. Legitimately. Yeah. Obviously some of it's garbage, but some of it is pretty impressive. It's like a remember. Do you remember supernatural is? Oh my God. I do. <laughs> oh my God. I do. I, I had an era where I was watching like, the battle rap freestyle. They were really, they were fun and exciting, especially once online video was a thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. For the, those who don't know who Supernatural is, and, and you were very much forgiven for not knowing, he, I think he maybe still holds the long, the world record for longest consecutive freestyle and was sort of known for like, if you're going to go see Supernatural live, it's because he'll just continually freestyle for the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of hilarious. You're thing. at the merch stand, you're trying to leave and stuff, and yeah. he's still freestyling. Yeah, exactly. He's following you at the door. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like, yeah, sort of rapping about everything that's like happening around you. You're like, you're going home. You're like, <laughs> <laughs> you considering that shirt. Yeah. It's $25. The sweat is 40 Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, but Megan was, Megan did a really, has done a very strong run over the last few years of going to different uh, radio radio show moments and doing these freestyles that I don't, they're not off the top, but they're just like wrapped extremely well. Mm -hmm. They're just, you can tell that she put thought and care into it and treated it like this was her like most mainstream moment. You know what I mean? Like she put the work in. Yeah. Um, and she has a, like a few really memorable standout freestyles from even like earlier this year that I think kind of like propelled her to this big album moment, which we can mm-hmm. get into later. But just like to go back to like what we're talking about more historically and, you know, uh, one of our mo- more recent episodes we were talking about, like, like in the beef, one of the beef episodes we were talking about Lil Flip and how big of a, of a freestyle rapper he is. And like of the DJ screw era i don't think that uh, there's a single rapper who's more famous for the work that he did on screw yeah. tapes than little flip yeah he was like the freestyle king yeah that's what his nickname was freestyle king and there are there are certain uh little flip freestyles from from this era that mm. like are six minutes long and i know every fucking word wow. still to this day because of how many times i listen to them that's like amazing those early like LimeWire Kazaa days, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. early fi- like there's this one freestyle uh, that he has on this. It's called We Blow Endo, mm-hmm. and actually let's listen to a little bit of uh, We Blow Endo freestyle by Lil we blow endo, I might be on Jay Leno. They be like, Flip, can you listen to my demo? I say, nah, nigga, I got shows to do. After the concert, I got hoes to screw. If I'm on stage, I don't want to be close to you. I got money, nigga, I ain't go boast to you. What I'm supposed to do is keep rapping. Some niggas got gold in their mouth, I got platinum. I ain't capping. What happened? I done blew up too quick. 
I'm the love flip, the freestyle king of the screwed up clique. I represent, I get head. Ride blue, ride black, I ride red, fuck the fed. I shake hands when I'm in the So, um, sort of like after, like, in the mid-2000s, around 2005, when uh, Houston was really having its year of, like, national recognition with, like, still tipping, sitting like, sideways, riding dirty. So yeah, you got people. Grills. It's the people we've mentioned. It's Paul Wall. It's Lil Flip. It's Chameleon Air. It's Slim Mike Thug. Jones. It's Mike Jones. Uh, <laughs> um, and, and you know, they, they really kind of have their year, like... You know, there's like Drive Slow by Kanye. Mm-hmm. This is, there's Grills with Nelly. Like these Jay Z appeared on the Draped Up freestyle, the uh, the, re- the the remix, the yeah. Bundy song, and like Get Throwed. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. Uh, and and yeah, even sort of, I feel like it it crescending with like uh, the sort of death of Pimp C, and then the sort of there was a period where UGK was getting a ton of of sort of love. Yeah, because Pimp C just got out of prison. <laughs> yeah, and then died not unfortunately not too long mm-hmm. after and uh and the you know international players anthem oh yes that's and right. bun b just sort of becoming elder statesman of hip-hop becoming like the mayor yeah. of all of hip-hop yeah for, for a little while <laughs> for a few years i mean yeah. it, sa- it says something about you know drake in 2009 kind of with little wayne cosign that like the bun b feature mm-hmm. was so important to him it's true you it know? was it and gave button, him like some serious credibility exactly which it can be kind of funny to think about in retrospect but it, it's that says a lot about where bun b was at the time uh-huh, uh-huh. um but at the same you know so this is sort of by at the same time when drake was coming out there wasn't really a houston rapper when there was all of these other regional rappers from around america like cole from north carolina kendrick from la or nipsey from la yeah, YG from LA, um, you know, Drake from Toronto, you have ASAP Rocky and French Montana from New York, mm-hmm. you know, Rick Ross and, and uh, you know, all like the sort of triple C's guys from Miami. There really wasn't a Houston rapper at the beginning of this decade that was really on national level until Travis Scott. Yes, it's true. I mean, there were people that like, for instance, Kirk, Kirko Bangs mm-hmm. had one hit, <laughs> yeah. and it seemed like maybe he could be the guy. Yeah. But he was really like his one hit was like a Diet Drake song. Yeah, you know, I always will forever think of Kirko Bangs of that uh, <laughs> tweet. That's like uh, there's someone in my class who was doing a book report, and I was like, uh, I was like, on, I thought they were doing it on Kirko Bangs. I was like, wow, drinking the two step really out here changing lives. Yeah, it was it's like it was actually what? about Kirko Bangs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think that I I don't know if I if I added this floor sort of a part of the tweet, but she was like, I think that the and the person was talking about Kirko Bangs and they were crying and I was yeah. like, wow, this this Houston motherfucker really like drinking yeah. my cup really changed lives. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they were talking about Kirko Bangs. Yeah. Um. Anyway, shout out to Kirko for really remixing the name Kirk and giving it some flavor. Uh, yeah, absolutely. That's no Kirk, small also the government name of the baby. Yeah, he's a big Kirk chain. Oh. Which is just wonderful. Yeah, and hopefully no one people stop testing. Don't the test baby, the baby. The baby, come on. Don't do it. Uh, um, anyway, yeah. So Travis, but even like you know, Travis when he started his career, which we talk a bit about in our Astro World episode, mm-hmm. when he started his career, he like referenced being it like growing up in Houston or being a part of Houston, but he didn't really like drape himself in the flag of Houston. And mm-hmm. I think a big a big part of that is because for a long time. 
what defined something as Houston was a very specific sound and mm-hmm. very specific, you know, lyrical references. Yeah, like, and even stylistic uh, sort of musical choices. You know, it, in some ways it is quite similar. It's like a really New York, like the flip of like New York rap of these sort of like traditional kind of bars and like being really a really strong rapper in a lot of ways mm-hmm. you know and, and that's not what travis scott's about no travis Scott's more like a vibesy rapper yeah. you know it's like yeah. the sound it's the atmosphere and so he never he never really like you know presented himself as being like a flag bearer of like a new houston i don't think i even i maybe knew that he was from houston but i didn't i always thought he was sort of like a bit of a tra- like a transplant like he didn't i'd never really in my head associated him with houston until astroworld really mm-hmm. Yeah, and I and I don't know, and I think that he didn't he didn't really. Yeah, you know? he, he, I mean, he moved to New York. I think when he came of age, and then to L.A. Like it's you know, uh, most of these artists really did make their names in Houston, and were of the Houston world. That's right, and the sound as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but then Astroworld came out, and this is like full of all of these references to Houston's musical history. Mm-hmm. He's got samples with like people like Big Mo, and mm-hmm. he's Big talking Huck about and, yeah, and. Screw. And he did this big installation at the Screwed Up Tape store, which is like DJ Screw's store in mm-hmm. Houston, which is still there. Mm-hmm. Um, so he did like did a lot of like activations for album promotion there, and like people like Lil Flip are going through there. He really connected himself Back to the it. lineage of the yeah. Houston, of Houston rap. So we have Travis Scott popping off. Also, similarly, you know, there's Maxo Cream, yeah, who's more in the traditional style. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is because he's a rapper, rapper. Like yeah. he's got bars. Um, not so much in the sense of like talking, like a lot of Houston raps talking about like swangers, like cars, and yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know, he doesn't have that, but he yeah. has like a lot of the like stylistically. Like, yeah, he's stuff. sort of like the Houston rap, like it's like drill, a little bit like drill influenced yes, meets a, like traditional Houston stuff. Max O'Cream, the only rapper who's from my exact neighborhood, the exact neighborhood <laughs> that I lived in in Houston. I mean, there's also Lizzo. But like right. <laughs> um, Lizzo and Maxo Cream, right? Uh, and so anyway, to to bring this all to Megan is like Megan is Megan's even different from Travis because her entire career is steeped in Houstonness, mm-hmm. you know, from the beginning because yeah. she came up doing the kind of freestyle, you know, jacking for like rapping on other people's beat, popular beats at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, her mom was a, she grew up in the, the neighborhood South Park. Yeah, but South Park's produced a lot of like notable rappers. There's like Lil Kiki, um, Amir Van from Brockhampton was from South Park, uh, Gangsta Nip. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, so this is where this is where Megan grew up, and her mom was a rapper. Her mom, who she was very close with, and who unfortunately passed away earlier this year uh, as a result of a brain tumor. Um, her mom was a rapper named Hollywood. And so Megan grew up going to like going to the studio and seeing her mom rapping. She said she was like she had to stay like kind of like outside of the studio area, so she area, so she couldn't really hear a lot of like the songs. But she was like pressing her ear up to the door and like, okay, mm. that's what you're saying in there. Okay, yeah, interesting. Like yeah, yeah. because she has wanted to be a rapper her whole life. Yeah, and it's it's kind of like a, I think that's kind of a large part of her appeal in some regard, is that like a lot of like contemporary rappers they don't. They're, it's like, are they rappers? They don't even blend themselves totally as rappers. They say they're entertainers or rock stars yeah, or stuff yeah. like that. And she is just such a traditional rapper in a lot of great ways, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. And yet, like, it's so untraditional in the sense of her being this kind of like, uh, well, frankly, that there's never been 
a really successful female rapper from Houston before. It's true. You know? It's really true. Like we, you know, they they've produced the Beyonce's of the world and uh, Lizzo, obviously, but mm-hmm. just in this in that kind of style, you know, the other parts of the South, like New Orleans, has um, Maya X, who was uh-huh. he actually pretty huge at the time. Trina in Miami, mm-hmm. Lachat and Gangsta Boo in Memphis, uh, but there's never really there was never an equivalent really in in Houston. It's true. We'll be right back to the episode in a moment, but I just wanted to give a shout out to one of our sponsors, and that's Native Instruments. So almost two decades ago, Native Instruments created the first DJ software to truly conquer the club. Since then, it's filled dance floors and sound systems across the world, as well as house parties, bars, beaches, and everything in between. Now with Tractor Pro 3, they've built on that path to bring new tools for sonic sculpting, utilizing the best sound quality ever and the clearest interface to date. So you can play whatever you want, however you want, wherever you want. We've teamed up with Native Instruments to offer our listeners 25% off Tractor Pro 3. Go to native-instruments.com and enter the code CATCHUP at checkout, and you'll get the discount added to your purchase. For, you know, in the past, we've, we've definitely, we've talked trash about 300 Entertainment as a label for their mm-hmm. missteps with uh, Young Thug and Migos and like, you know, other people in the past mm-hmm. that you're just kind of like, these guys don't really know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. But based on what we've seen this year, we have to kind of give them credit for what's been happening with Megan because everything as far everything that's been going on in Megan's career this entire year has been pitch perfect. Yeah. Like her her ascendance has felt so gradual, yet very pronounced in a way that just shows like strong marketing. Yeah, exactly. Getting the fader cover at the right time, Mm -hmm. single the right people on the features. It's Uh not like a bloated features album. Yeah. And like, I mean, not to, we didn't really talk about this, but she put out a a tape last year, uh, Tina Snow. Hmm. And even like, you know, talking about Megan's connection to Houston, her nickname, Tina Snow, is a play off of Pimp C's nickname, Tony Snow. You know, like, so she's like somebody who is so, you know, so Houston. And she had on Tina Snow, which is a pretty solid tape, like Mm -hmm. a lot of like, you know, the, the things about her that, that, I that I like on this new album is like have always kind of been present in her, which is like her her bars, her sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Um, but that Tina Snow had featured her biggest hit thus far, uh, which is a song called "Big Old Freak." Yeah, uh, which is just great. Yeah, I mean, there's a um, there's big. It, it's sort of the, one of those songs, and this speaks to uh, Megan's rise, where there are some kind of contentious rumors about Drake potentially popping on a freestyle. I mean, sorry, the remix for it Mm -hmm. uh, and getting that Drake stimulus package and whether Megan needed it, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, always a sign of a healthy career. (laughs) It's true. I mean, I feel like, you know, when it was first being talked about, this is like a few weeks ago, I was kind of like, man, it'd be good for her. Now I'm kind of like, it's better that if Drake doesn't touch this song because she's doing well on her own. Also, I just don't want to hear Drake on like a sexually explicit, like. That's not what you want? No. Hmm. Not even after this Raptors win, you don't want to hear <laughs> like, Drake in his sexual bag. Yeah, uh, he's like, I mean, he's, like he's gross. He can yeah, be very gross. Yeah, it's like it's just also like I, I like, I'm sure Drake is legitimately like a very sexually free person and whatnot. <laughs> it's just not what I'm interested in about him. You know, like it's not, it's uh, not cool. Yeah, it's not what's cool about Drake. You know, his sexuality. I I agree. Yeah. Um, 
You know what? Let's listen to a bit of the Drake Free <laughs> Big Old Freak by Megan Thee Stallion. Hey, big old freak, huh? Big booty, big old tree. I'm gonna make him wait for the pussy. Hit it in your big old ski. Hey, feet on the bed. I fuck him up in the head. Suck it, then look in his eyes. Then the next day I might leave him on red. Hey, pop it, pop it, huh? They dreaming by high rocket, huh? I hit my phone with a horse, so I know that me come over and ride it. I'm on the way, huh? Ride on that dick, I'm like, hey, hey. Usually I like to fuck, but tonight we gon' make luck cause you pay. Nobody know. I fuck with him on the low. We never show up together, but I text him when I'm ready to go. Hey, I had a couple of shots at the bar. I'm finna play with that dick in the car. I got him swerving and breaking the law. Leaves when I'm tennis, so nobody saw. Nobody cooks like me. Need what you need like me. Okay, and that brings us to Fever, which is Megan's new album. And it is pretty damn excellent. Yeah, consistent. And then there's no, like, really weak songs on it. It's not too long. Mm-hmm. It's not overly, you know, as we mentioned, it's not too many features. It's got the baby. Yes, yes. Who is like another rapper. I mean, she, the, the, the closest parallel in terms of come up in the rap game to me is the baby. Yeah. With Megan. Yeah, Just in the sense that they're both like, they're like rapper rappers. They're both people who are like care about bars and like mm-hmm. their cadences and their flows. And it's, it really shows up in their work. And I think it, as far as like creating new stars, a lot of the new stars are more like in the Travis Scott mold of being like atmospheric or mm. being a rock star or being like, yeah, yeah. you know, not necessarily focused on lyrics. And- th- yeah, the traditional way that rappers have come up. But like, that's what's interesting about both DaBaby and Megan is that they're both kind of like, they're like throwbacks in a way. They're throwbacks in like a new package. Yeah. And, and almost in a funny way, you feel like, is this maybe part of where rap is going now? It's like to stand out on like the atmospheric kind of like SoundCloud tip is so ha- much harder now. That mm. sound has become so saturated. You know, once upon a time, like a, a new Smoke Perp song came out, I would be, you know, somewhat curious. Mm-hmm. But someone like that, a kind of C-level SoundCloud rapper, there's like, at least in my uh, sort of listening experience, I have no, like no interest hearing something like that and wow like, flamed smoke perp a c-level soundcloud <laughs> rapper my god yeah. it's true is that a hot take um, no it's not a hot take that's just an accurate take yeah but you know like megan here i think from the very beginning of the and i think another thing about megan that i really like is that like first of all her nickname is a uh, the stallion she's yeah. 5'11 she's like super tall yeah she's uh, kind of superhero-esque yes she is and you know like i think that in terms of like her her kind of like aggressive raps mm-hmm. there's something about like her voice and like the register of her voice mm-hmm. that just lends like a certain credibility to them in a mm-hmm. way that like i find pretty rare yeah you know like it sounds like like megan really sounds like she could knock you out you yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she's definitely in much better shape than uh me or most people i know you know <laughs> yeah yeah and i think like on the album from the i think it really sets the album has a great opener. It's like, it sets the tone from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. It's a song called Reeler. Mm-hmm. And it is just a thumping force. Yeah. Let's listen to a little bit of Reeler from Megan Thee Stallion. Say, nigga, I don't want to talk. Meet me at the bank, show me what you really about. Niggas ain't real when the shit really count. That's why I keep my look at in they mouth. Say, bitch, I don't got a cap. Everything I talk, yeah, I really did that. If you want beef, then my bitch gon' scratch. I'ma get the money, so I let her handle that. Woo! Free JT, ayy. Real bitches 
fuck with me, ayy. I don't do shit for the free, man. Y'all niggas gotta pay me, ayy. Put some respect on my team, huh? I'm the 1501 queen, ayy. Bitch, you better learn who run it, cause all this money gotta come through me, ayy. I keep it realer than real. Fuck all the critics and fuck how they feel. I'm getting money, it is what it is. They wanna know I mean, what I did. Another part of this album is, uh, is obviously there's like a lot of sort of strip club anthems that are, well, it's, you know, sort of tradition in Houston. Although strip, strip club rap, I really more associate with Atlanta uh-huh. or Miami. Yeah, but Houston also has a massive, massive strip, 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 strip club, club culture. culture. But the music has sort of traditionally been less so. That's yeah, it's true. Sort of kind of true. I mean, there's people like there's Beat King, who, yeah, yeah, uh, basically specializes in making strip club anthems. You're right, great rapper from Houston. Um, um, but yeah, it's like it's true. Yeah, and 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 these are sort of more, again a little bit more lyrical. Her collaborations with Juicy J on this are all really excellent. Uh-huh, you uh-huh. know, uh, he sa- he's, his work is sampled. He sampled. He also produced and writes some of the songs. Ah, the hooks. I see. Yeah, I see. yeah. So. Uh, that that to me is some pretty inspired A and Ring to like bring him on for, for to do some of the hooks and and uh, you know Project Pat samples. Mm. Uh, it, it's I don't know. It's just kind of like it's very savvy. One of the things I think uh, another thing that sort of makes her really compelling in a similar way to kind of to Baby. It's like for a very long time we were in a, a mode where rappers had very like outsized personas you know mm-hmm. like kind of from rick ross being like this like mafia don cartel leader mm-hmm. uh to you know um even like someone like kanye west being like i'm the greatest genius in the world to i don't know uh, even like yeah someone like little uzi being like i'm this like this rock star and i dress so crazy or what have you there's something a little bit more relatable in a funny way about the, like, it doesn't feel like Megan Thee Stallion is, it's like, oh, no, this is exactly who she is. This isn't like a persona. Like, mm. she is like a very sort of good looking, very competent, very smart, like. Yeah, she's a she's a college student. Yeah. She is still in school right now. <laughs> she goes to Texas Southern University and is pursuing a degree in health administration. And, the, and on her recent Fader cover story. There is a bunch, a few scenes where she's like, you know, in her, the registrar's office at her school, <laughs> right. like you know, talking about courses. And, yeah, um, yeah. She's just like, like on one hand, she is larger than life in a lot of ways. Like she's not a, a regular person, mm-hmm. but the things that she that's just who it's like that's just who she is. She isn't making herself to be more than she is. Mm-hmm. Who she is is sort of enough, and it's similar with the baby. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's like the baby is not trying to claim that he is big meat. She, he doesn't have to like he mm-hmm. he's he's it's sort of like these they're both like real and sort of what was like a more traditional kind of way uh that you would find in the 90s about rappers you know uh-huh. it's like they sold drugs it's like yeah i like sold drugs in front of my apartment and it sucked rather than like <laughs> i had like 52 birds you know uh-huh. going out uh-huh and uh i think that's another thing that's sort of a nice like sort of stylistic change with these artists mm. you know it's like the outside sort of swag rap where I have everything is sort of, it's a little, it feels a little, I can feel a little tired at this point. <laughs> yeah, you know? I would think so. Um, what, are, what's, what are some songs that you really liked on this album? I actually really liked a couple of the, what I could say kind of smoother 
uh, songs off of it, uh, like uh, Bring Drank, which uh, samples Sipping on Some Scissor. Mm. Uh, it's like, uh, it's, it's just like a really smooth song. It's a little bit less like um, aggressive compared to some of the songs. And same with uh, Best You Ever Had. Uh-huh. Uh, again, kind of, a lot, it's like a, a, a kinder, gentler Megan the Stallion, uh-huh, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, I really a like R and B. Let's listen yeah. to a little bit of Bing, Bring Drink. Yeah. Big drink, big drink, big drink, big drink, big drink, big drink. Oh, big drink, big drink, big drink, big drink, big drink, big drink. You drink it up this and be sipping on this For me, like my absolute favorite moment on this album, favorite song on this album, a song, probably my most listened to song of this month is the very last song, which is called the running up freestyle. And this is like one of the free, this is like a thing that I believe there's a video of Megan doing this exact verse or verses from her standing outside of a car that I think came out a few months ago. And I'm pretty sure I posted in the Boosie Fade group, but it's the exact same verse verses, which I'm glad, I'm glad this has a longer shelf life. Mm-hmm. Cause I think part of, part of the thing about like the freestyle radio station freestyles and even just kind of like, you know, more general viral freestyles is that like, sometimes it's kind of disappointing if you hear something that's so amazing. Like, even if you think of that black thought freestyle thing, mm-hmm. it's like so amazing, but the like, you're not, it's not something you're going to listen to that many times, probably. No, you sure. know, it just like, it just isn't in the way that a lot of people consume music. It's mm. not the most convenient thing to always have to go back to YouTube to find this. Yeah. And the fact that Megan put this like standout freestyle from a few months ago on this album is like, it just made me so happy. Mm. And it's not, not to mention that this, like, I think another thing about Megan that I really like is like, she can get in these like pockets where, especially when she like is rapping gets on a wave and switches into a double time mm-hmm. and the beat is knocking. And it's like, it is like the most exhilarating thing. It makes you feel like you could run through a brick wall at high <laughs> speed, which is like a feeling I really love in, in yeah. hip hop. Yeah. Like just going back to like walk a flock of days and shit. Like yeah. Even the little John stuff that's like, you just want to fucking turn up and like bang your head off a wall or something. Yeah, yeah. Don't do that at home. Um, do it at the club. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Please don't. Um, but the running up freestyle by Megan is like, for me, the best part of this album. And I think it just like, I think it really encompasses what is so exciting about her as a rapper. It's like, once again, sense of humor, it's punchlines, it's cadences, it's character. Um, so let's listen to the running up freestyle by Megan the Stallion. <laughs> Daddy, then you know we at the mall. If I'm with a nigga, then you know I'm in them jaws. You let 
so to wrap up i mean megan the stallion you know we are big fans over here she is it like honestly like a step forward in modern houston rap in the sense of being like in a similar mode to travis scott having a more kind of like global facing identity mm-hmm. but also being so steeped in the traditions of a really rich rap culture yeah you know that i think rap uh for a while has been very very forward facing you know uh whereas traditionally it's, it has been kind of a very much a backward looking uh genre where you know the you'd sample old rappers on your hooks or uh you'd kind of you know maybe uh make allusions to a rap song from like 10 years ago whereas people like uh young thug or little uzi vert or future um very like focused on the on the here and now hmm. whereas you feel like with megan the stallion there's it's kind of nice to feel that return to a little bit of a reference to the past while still being very much of the present very true very know? true we'll be right back to our episode in uh, just a moment but we want to give a quick shout out to uh catch-up's official catering Ketchup's official catering is provided by PG Clucks, voted best sandwich in Toronto by just about every publication. They make insane fried chicken, and we're really happy to have their support. Today, Jordan and I and Kyle, we all had our own sandwiches. Uh, you know, I had regular. Jordan's spicy. Maybe next time, I'll have spicy. Who's to know what's to say, but, uh, you know, they're super good, and we're really happy to be able to eat them. All right, that brings us to our end. Thank you very much for listening to another episode of Catch Up. Uh, we'll be back next week with more. Uh, before we get into that, just wanted to mention a few things before we close out. Uh, we're on Instagram, so get on Instagram. If you're not following us already, please do. Send us your thoughts and your feelings and your uh, wishes. Wishes. Uh, it's at Catch Up Podcast. Once again, as we mentioned earlier, we're on Patreon, which is like what's going to continue to help propel this podcast forward. It's patreon.com slash catchuppodcast. Any contribution is very much appreciated and goes a long way. And if you're in Toronto, we will be at the shop for our flagship party, Boosie Fade. It's Boosie Fade 36. It's Friday, June 7th. Save the date. You're going to want to be there for this one. It's the kickoff to the summer. Um, yeah, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to be raucous shortly before my birthday as well yes shortly before james's birthday so you can come say happy birthday big gemini energy Mm -hmm. um that's it we'll be back next week with another episode for you so thank you for listening be well